All right, hello everyone, and welcome to Nerds of Legend. Uh, Brian will not be joining us this week. He's had some other stuff going on, so it's just going to be the three of us. Uh, I'm going to end up running it this week. To and this week, we're going to do be doing our book talk, where we are will be discussing the Old Man's War by John Scalzi. Now, uh, we decided for the sake of time this time that we're just going to jump straight into, like, spoilery stuff. So if that's not your bag and you haven't read the book yet, I was, we would suggest tuning out because we're not going <laughs> to... We're going to skip the non-spoiler section because we don't have enough time today. So Honestly, go ahead. We discussed it. Our thoughts are, if you're tuning into a book talk, you, you probably <laughs> read the book already, or you or that, or you have no plans of reading the book. So that's where we're at. Um, for those of you uh, that need refreshing, uh, the Old Man's War is a book uh, that centers around an old man named John Perry. Uh, it's in a future state of a science fiction book where. Uh, humanity has gotten to the point where it has become an interstellar civilization with the invention of the skip drive. And uh, in order to go out to the stars, uh, there's only two methods of getting out there. And that is be being in a country that is in basically a disaster area due to nuclear war or other wars or climate change where you are basically refugees and you get to be a colonial citizen. Or the other option where if you're living in a place like America, you get to volunteer to join the colonial defense forces at the age of 75, where you are promised a new lease on life, a new, uh, they'll fix up all your, patch up all your body and basically give you a brand new body to live in and fight in. Because, that, and that is the premise of the book. So you become, you're given a new body, but you have the mind of a 75-year-old and all the experience that comes with it. So that's the premise of the book. And, and it's all of John Perry's adventures as he joins the Colonial Defense Forces and becomes a hero. And everyone who joins the force, what, what did he say? 10% of you won't make it through the year. Yeah. <laughs> so they have they have an abysmal casualty rate. Uh, pretty much the the odds of you the odds of you making it through. So you have to volunteer for 2 years, I believe, and during wartime it will be it is extended out to a service of 10. They make that. I like that they they start off. They're like, "Oh, you have to just sign up for two years." So basically, what the colonial, <laughs> what the CDF yeah, doesn't tell you. Like, war time, and we're always in wartime. Basically, we're we're in a world. Yeah, basically, we're in a world where almost every alien species we come across is hostile because there's a limited number of habitable planets, and they are a precious resource that are fought over tooth and nail, and also we kind of came onto the came onto the galactic stage late compared to other races. Yeah. Um, with that, with that being sort of our synopsis and plot, lot huh? Lots of bugs. A lot of bug people. Uh, the thing I like about this book is the beginning of it reads a lot like 
an old 1940s, 1950s radio drama. Mm-hmm. It makes it sound like, and uh, when you get to be 75, you've had more than one organ replacement, as is per the norm. Yeah. Well, and, I... know, everybody thought they were going to get there, and somehow, through some super science, they were going to get a, like, an injection that's going to make them young or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It wasn't really determined. Yeah. But they were just... And then they get there, and they're... I love the uh, psychological conditioning and the mental conditioning where they're just, like, fucking with old people yeah. for a while, and then they're... Oh, yeah. good. You know, and... Uh, like, the guy that has to piss you off I think, to see if you can control yeah. your emotions. I think one of the best things about this book, and I know people talk about it, a lot with books is the the opening line it's such such a great the first sentence of the book is is i did two things on my 75th birthday i visited my wife's grave and i joined the army yeah which sets a, that's a great drive and it's just like it was like what like Mm-hmm. Say what now? <laughs> it was just. I remember when I first read this book. I was in high school, and I was just like, "Say what?" He did what now? <laughs> like it was just an attention grabber that I just I was sucked in immediately. Now, um, I guess Joel. It sounds like he's a f- big fan. I, um, M- Missy, what did you think? Uh, we can't hear. Oh, you you cut out there for some reason. I liked it. It's not something I would pick up myself, mm-hmm. like, but it was good. The pet, the pace was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, and and this is my complaint with most like fantasy sci-fi books is I feel like there's a lot of setup in the beginning when I just wanted to kind of get to the action, but once the action happened, it was like, and you die, and you die, and you die, mm-hmm. and everyone dies. Yeah. Um, but I like. I told him last night, it just seems like, because one of your biggest gripes about, you know, some of the books that I like are that they're all Mary Sue's and like somehow, like this guy kind of seems to like stumble into like commendation yeah. after commendation. Like yeah, he's, he, he, like, he, I, I had that thought when I was listening to it. Uh, he's, he kind of, he kind of just kind of stumbles his way into things, but he's also he at the same time he's not like the best soldier or commander or that's anything. Not a Mary, that's not what a Gary Stu would be like. Yeah, he's not there by his sheer prowess. He's there by just dumb luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? every, yeah. Bit, like he's the, he's the titular character. Like he's the main character of the story, but he's not like it's uh, the story, like, the story revolves around yeah. Exist. Yeah, he exists. He's basically the the viewpoint into what's going on. It's, he's not. What I do like is that in the neck, he's not like in the next book, mm-hmm. which I'm already on there because I I can't help it. It's a good <laughs> yeah. story, and um, it doesn't follow his viewpoint, so the world gets bigger, which yeah. is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it though. It was good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Would I continue reading it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't expect you to just like drop everything and read the whole series, but <laughs> yeah, but there, but it was it was good. It was enjoyable. Okay, is there anything you didn't like about it? That it's sci-fi and oh, there was no long drawn-out romance. <laughs> no, there was. I I really like that they did bring his wife back, like or and not like his wife, but like um you know, the body of his mm-hmm. wife. Like, it, and so it, in some ways, Lift. he was able to get 
closure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, which was, which was nice. Um, mm -hmm. but I didn't, I liked, no, there wasn't really anything that I disliked about the mm -hmm. book, but I liked that, like, it felt realistic that, like, you're a bunch of 75 plus year old men and women. Like, the first thing you do when you get a new body is just bang everyone. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that's very yeah. realistic. So, well, everybody, you ever talk to anybody that works in a nursing home? Yeah. And they're like, oh, all they do is have sex. And you're like, ah, oh, disgusting. But now they're, they're 80 year old people with their, like, 75, 80 year old people now who are, like, super hot in the peak physical condition and can't get pregnant or diseased who haven't been able to like you know who haven't been able to like move their hip the right way in, in 20 years like right now can jump off a balcony 30 feet in the air and just like tuck and roll with no problem yeah so basically what happens in in the book is there's uh in order for you to join the the cdf you have to enlist when you're 65 in which case you give them a bunch of your DNA and you have, then you actually join at 75. That 10 years is so that they have time to grow you a new clone, which is packed to the gills with genetic enhancements and nanobots and... Green yeah. skin with chlorophyll, like it can feed itself by smart blood, where it can feed itself by standing in sunlight. They like, only need, like, was it 30 minutes or three hours of sleep a night? Two hours. Or two sleep. hours of sleep a night. They 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 can supplement most of their uh, their bodies that can supplement most of their they can live off of sunlight basically yeah. they can they don't have to their enhanced lung capacity and smart blood gives them the ability to not breathe for ten minutes. Uh, they have they have cat eyes which gives them night vision. Uh, what else? Apparently, are all crazy hot. They were very, very clear in saying that everybody was extremely attractive. Oh, they can they can run a twenty minute, uh, ten, uh, ten miles in twenty minutes or whatever. Basically, they can outperform any Olympian. <laughs> so, yeah. so what it does is they transfer your consciousness into this new body when you join the military, and then there's this scene where it's basically like they're all in these new bodies and they all just, they're like, all right, you have a week before basic, uh, have fun. And they basically just fuck like rabbits for, for a week and well, do other, among other things. But I liked that. Like he had the moment with his old body, right. Mm -hmm. Where he like, you know, was able to like thank it for its service, which is like kind of weird, yeah. but like, also, like, interesting. I yeah. cannot imagine have, looking at yourself with your consciousness in another body, yeah. like, how you would feel. And so I liked that they gave that moment to, like, process that emotion yeah. and not, like, move on. Like, of course, it's, like, the newness and exciting and all of that stuff. But, like, I don't, like it just felt like that there, there were, like, poignant moments yeah. that it wasn't just a sci-fi book. Right, like it wasn't yeah. just, you know, a, a war book or yeah. you know, this war. Book. That's what that's what's interesting about it is it's not just a straight military science fiction. It's sort of there's a lot of other nuances to it. You know, it's not it's not like Starship Troopers, which is basically a critique. Is basically not even a critique. It's a glorification of a fascist regime. But this is a 
a sort of different thing where this this is a force that that's like we're we have to do whatever humanity can to survive and the best way we've found to do it is shove 75 year old people into clone bodies and let them just enter the meat grinder <laughs> i do like the rationale for that one like yeah. why do we use 75 year old people and it was because you can't teach somebody who's 18 or 19 to care about something other mm -hmm. than themselves it's mm -hmm. saying that you're fighting for a whole group of people that you've never met yeah and it's he said it was really hard because when you're 75 though you have family you have friends you have children grandchildren mm -hmm. you have an entire legacy left back on earth and possibly in the colonies and mm -hmm. you are fighting for their survival yeah and then you get out there and you realize because they're very clear and uh it's very that very uh poignant scene where he shows those two aliens you know the, what is it, the saloon, which is that, like, really handsome deer thing. Mm, yeah. And the Bathunga, which is this horrible blob monster. <laughs> yeah, nothing is as like, it seems. Blob monster is a good guy, yeah. and they have been, like, peacefully and enthusiastically coexisting with humanity for, for a while. Because they love to the eat shit. Are like, <laughs> yeah, the other ones are like, uh, they, they bring celebrity chefs to a planet to eat people. Yeah, like, they have a taste for human flesh and think it's yeah. the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, and they, they when they first encountered humans, they uh, they milked men for their experiment, ate babies like veal, you know, yeah. they're like... Yeah. So he's like, looks are maybe deceiving, and then they talk about how weird the universe is, like those flying whale-type creatures mm -hmm. and the, the one-inch-tall yeah. guy that they just step on. And then have this existential crisis as they're knocking over skyscrapers that are only 10 meters tall. Yeah, it was but, really he, but he had that moment afterwards. Yeah. Like, yeah, sometimes this happens. How, like, how far in your service are you? Oh, you know, you're right on time for that. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, like, like the, the lieutenant, he has a, uh, Perry has, like, a basically a mental breakdown because he's like, oh my god, I'm a monster. I'm just stomping on two-inch tall people. <laughs> Well, they look just like humans, except he's stepping on them. Yeah. And he's like, are we the baddies? And then, and then it's space. He's, but that's what everybody thinks. Yeah. Is like, that's, they go to talk about how everybody thinks they're the good guy. Mm -hmm. Like, they're, they're fighting to expand into the universe and survive. Except for... Um, the Kansu. The Kansu. The Kansu are interesting, especially in the second book. Where, I love how I love no, how that was the first book. They all kind of they they blend together beautifully. Like yeah. the story is a beautiful continuation. But when they go to fight, they go as emissaries to the Kansu, who will not interact with any other creatures. You cannot touch their the the same planet as them. You cannot interact in any way. Yeah, like it's all like they're they're like xenophobic, but they're also like it's not. it's interesting because you a lot of times you have these hive races that are in in normal sci-fi that are you know they're just they're just the devouring swarm sort of thing but yeah. but in this case the insectoid hive race are basically a hyper religious hyper advanced basically came on the galactic stage thousands of years before any other race views all of the other child races as being basically unclean children that need to that need to be advanced to the point where they can uh, 
be greeted as equals by the Kansu. They they think they look at war as like it's a cleansing, bringing them into the cycle of reincarnation. So by killing you in battle, that they have consecrated and blessed. Yeah, they basically their, their cycle of reincarnation. Yeah, but you're still unclean until you can reach their level sort of thing and join the the cycle. And it's, it's weird because it's, they're like It's funny because, because I love how I love how all of these like in colonial intelligence can't, thought it's just like some kind of weird ancient ritual that they just do cuz it's like some honor thing and then Perry watches and he's like this is a this is a religious so ritual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And he calls it. It's, it's so funny. But, it's, it's, but again, like, that's another weird moment where he's like, why is he the only one seeing this? Well, it's... it's well, and, and then later on, they're like, yeah, we've wondered about that for a while. But he, And then he finally, when they send this emiss- emissary group, they get it confirmed. But. Yeah. What's weird, though, is... Um, what's weird is there's a the way that they go about it in understanding these races is everything seems pretty much tit for tat except for the Kansu and they mm-hmm. they'll like dumb down their arsenal mm-hmm. to make sure they're on the same level yeah it's all about like earning that place yeah and then the but, next the next time you fight them they'll do more advanced tactics they, they kind of yeah. are like so the, the first time humanity fought them they didn't have any kind of it was just basically basically the same level of weaponry as they as the the cdf has then the, they fight them the second time but this this time the concert are using energy shields yeah yeah and it's just it, it's interesting uh it's the the but again he he's the only one who notices you have to double tap like but it's also because you're only seeing from yeah. their mentality their their viewpoint mm-hmm. as well too so and really, it's just he, he just he's he's basically the one that figures it out first, and then he sends it out to everybody because he he's he figured out quickly how to use the brain pal and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, he seems like a like a nerd. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, the guy does not seem like a really cool guy. He doesn't seem like a really athletic dude. He feels kind of like a like a nerd. Like well, that's a, what he says. You know, he's he he talks about how when when he was in his twenty year old body, it was definitely never this fit. He kind of had yeah. already had like a bit of a punch. He was never really yeah. that fit. He was kind of a you know a dweeb with glasses or something. You know, his for God's sake, he was in advertising, which that yeah. brings me to my favorite scene in the entire book, and that is the drill sergeant scene. And if you listened, if you listen to the audio book, it's one of the best things ever because the guy, oh, yeah. the, 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 the guy VA basically channels, he basically channels the 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 drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket, and it's just like. <laughs> yeah, it's just, beautiful. Was seen where he's like, I what is it, Willie the Wheeler? Or, yeah, he he goes through every single like uh, cadet. He's, so he's like, it's like now who like, the 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 guys the the drill sergeants like. Uh, I'm gonna find something that I hate about every single one of you, and uh, at, at which point you will have to run ten miles here and back, and if you are not back here within an hour. You will be. Do, you will do it again, or something like that. Yeah. And uh, and then he goes down. He's like, now who here was in the military? It's like, or who here was in the army? It's like, 
God damn it, I hate you fucks. I have got... There's more of you that cause people to die than any other thing in the whole, in the whole damn army. Blah, blah, blah. And then it goes like Christians, Muslims, but he's like, he's like, now who here is in it? He is a minority. And then a bunch of people raise their hand. Not anymore, you are. You got green skin, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, he, he goes out there and then he just, the guy, I, I love, I love how he talks with where he's sitting there being like, and Ohio's sheer lack of interestingness yeah. has benefited me for the first and only time ever. <laughs> yeah, basically he goes down the line and the only one left is John. And because he's he's such like a, a non... Uh, just a boring... He's a boring man who doesn't believe in anything. Is just like a basically white, generic white bread person from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> the guy can't find anything to hate about him. And then he's like, what was your job? I was in advertising. Oh, yeah? What did you advertise? Willie the Willie, sir. Willie the God, you're the, you're the mastermind that created Willie the Willie. He turns around, he's got a tattoo of the, the, the character on his ass or something like that. He thought it was on his arm. <laughs> or on his arm or something. Because the guy was suicidal and about to kill himself, step in front of a bus, and then he saw the ad that says, sometimes you just gotta hit the road. <laughs> yeah. Like that part, I thought that was funny. It was, like, that's what started his dumb luck, yeah. right? Like, and, it, and it just continued. And not, I'm not saying he's not smart. Yeah. But, like, a lot no, of it, it was just dumb luck. A lot like of it was just dumb luck. Trip and yeah. fall, and it's like, oh, neat. Yeah, it's like he tripped with his eyes open. Yeah, it's like he 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 his his shuttle gets shut down on on coral, and by sheer dumb luck he di he survived somehow. Yeah, and then he gets happens to get found. To, yeah, but then he goes to the special forces. Well, he doesn't. I mean, like he almost dies on coral from yeah. another. Uh, what did the the array right? The, yeah. the like weird bird like lizard people yeah, where he like. John. Yeah, his whole lower jaw gets torn off, and he's like yeah. half dead. Yeah, his, it was I think his arm and leg. He's, all of his ribs are shattered. I think he loses an arm or a leg or something. And yeah, like it takes him like a a, a couple months, and he mm -hmm. loses a he does lose a leg, and they grow back with nanobots. It's really cool. So yeah. that's um, a, that's another interesting thing that happens is you learn about what the Ghost Brigade is, and that is basically if you. By by signing by by enlisting in the military at age sixty five, if you die before your you your term before you're supposed to before your seventy fifth birthday, you've still signed away your genetic rights to the yep. CDF. In which case, they use your body to create a new a. Uh, Basically, they implant a personality into the the ghost body to well, be their, like, so special weird. forces. It's so weird, like, when he's, like, oh, he's looking at Jane, right? Like, mm -hmm. his wife, like, the, the body of his wife, but his wife's not her consciousness. And she just keeps saying, I'm six. Like, yeah. I haven't had a lot of time to, like, have yeah. a life. I'm only six. And you're, yeah. like... I can't... Like, it's, it's weird to decide, but it's... it's well, it's... it's yeah. It's the fact that they come out and 
immediately i mean the second book does such a great job yeah. of explaining like every time you hear a word your brain pal will be like this is what this means mm-hmm. and so you learn at this exponential rate but then mm-hmm. also you don't have this human like development so you don't learn to keep yourself safe you know like mm-hmm. when they're having the fight with the kansu that, yeah you don't you don't you you grow up knowing that like oh heck uh even if I lose this arm, I, as long as I make it back, they'll just regrow it. So, who yeah. cares? So, he was talking about when the Special Forces were having that battle with the Kansu to earn the right to ask questions. Yeah. Um, and the one was like, well, I'll get my arm cut off. It's cool. Because... And she sacrificed her arm to kill the other Kansu. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, what? What is that? Like, that is not something a normal human would do. But if you're raised knowing your body is 100% able to be regrowable <laughs> yeah it's uh it makes a lot of difference and he said and it but it's just weird like they don't understand they don't think in or speak in linear ways they speak in images and mm-hmm. it's kind of like uh the difference between like a text thread and like a social media yeah. you know posts you know where people are communicating just memes and images and videos that, that's it's like it's like the difference between how we used to like just text each other and now we'll just be in a group chat and communicate yeah. via memes and gifs. Yeah. It's yeah. exactly like that. And um it, it's that's how but that's how they spent their entire life, you know. And emojis, is, you know. How do you which think about which is which is crazy because if you think about it, this book was written in two thousand five and that's kinda how people like communicate now via text message and stuff. Like Yeah. And that was before all this stuff was going on. You, you think know? about it too is, is how many people use things that were silly that were silly. Like I remember back in the nineties when we started text was out there and you only had, you know, if you're gonna do a C you've gotta push two four times, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you're like, nobody is going to ever text. Yeah. It is so slow. And then T nine came out and you're and like, then- Oh, this is great. So it was like weird because yeah, and then a year later, you had the keyboard phones. But now you've got the kids nowadays who send... I would still have my keyboard if I could. Oh, yeah. You do have a keyboard on your iPhone. Yeah, it's but a, it was a slide-out like phone. The, yeah, the, the slide-out phone. That was an expert back then. You were weird. Oh, I loved, I loved my slide-out. Just tippity-taps. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right, is that what we're going to do? Now, pivoting to keyboard preferences. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I had a slide out too. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't love it. I wasn't like, oh my god, this is the future. Like, it was like, just hang up. But it's just, it's interesting to see, like, how a book written, you know, 15 years ago, 17 years ago, comes uh-huh. out and is, like, emulating how, like, children today communicate. Yeah. I don't know how many times I try to text my children. And they just respond with an emoji. Shit. You're like, what is this? It's a poop emoji, an orange, and a thumbs up. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell is that. Shut up. You're not that much. You don't understand it either. Joel's like, get off my lawn! <laughs> like, I just think, hey, the old man doesn't get it. Like, I'm just like. He did sound a million years old. <laughs> Speaking of that, okay. That is the thing that I really love about the dialogue in this book. Is it sounds like the grumpy old men go to war. Yes, you know so much of it. Uh, everything it's just like every- <laughs> This is a very common designation for your brain. Honestly, that just felt like it was a boy thing. It was. No, it was- actually, that's like talking to my dad. 
Like, I remember back when I was a kid. Yeah. Marshmallows were made of gravel. Like, yeah, oh, I did. Man. I did think it was funny how like all of the the all of the old yeah, people man. get mad at the voice in their head and just call it a mean name. <laughs> like, <laughs> even the I women. <laughs> The woman just called it, you bitch! All of them said bitch. <laughs> you probably ask his name. Yeah. No, you, you would name it something about Sailor Moon or something like that. What's your name, Luna? Artemis was the... Uh, I, was, oh, I would say Jarvis, probably. You would say Jarvis. <laughs> what? I, would, I have no idea what I would name. I have put zero thought into it. What would you name your j- brain pal, Joel? Come on. I have absolutely no idea. Skynet. No. <laughs> you have to, like, think about it in the moment. That's what I'm saying. Like, in the moment, depending on what I had just read or looked at. Mm. That's why you would ask. I would ask. All right, right now, this name? moment, what would you name your brain pal? Right now, Tim. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and that's because that's how it happened. Yeah. That's but, what I'd be like, it, hey, it, Tim. And I'd be like, oh, okay. No, just Tim. Just yeah. Tim. No, no other words. Just Tim. Yeah. Because for some reason, while you two are blabbering, I went off to the Mighty Python Scream of the Enchanter, and he's like, Some call me Tim. <laughs> oh, great, Tim the Enchanter. That's what I would do. It. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to I'm think. Tim the Enchanter, because that's too many words. That's a stupid name. I know, it's like Smith Brandhammer and Joe Warren Simon. You know, I'm going to have an aneurysm one day. It will be your fault. And <laughs> no! He's not coming. <laughs> no, but then, but then you guys won't be able to serve together in the colonial defense forces. Oh, have you not met her? There is no way she's going to space. <laughs> You're like other bugs in space. Shitloads of bugs. I'm like, I'm not. Your, um, yeah, your camera is like freaking out. Freaking out. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of where else we can go from this because we both we all agree that the book was good. We don't have anything to argue about for this one. <laughs> it's not really a point of arguing. It's just what point you like. Yeah. I think that it's, it's so like the thing is, is I I'm accepting it for what it is, yeah. right? Like I'm not ex- like I didn't go in expecting some. Yeah, yeah. I it met the expectations that I had, right? Mm-hmm. Like it thought like there were moments where I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, um, you know, but there were like overall, it was like okay, they're fighting again. Great, yeah. <laughs> like, this is slightly different, but okay, still the same. They're all dying. Okay, everyone's dead. Like when the when the guy like got up there and was like, "I was a politician and I helped broker." Oh, so and they're like, "Hey, that was the bloodiest war." And they're like, "Shut up, not because of me." And then he got like skinned and flayed. Like you yeah. yeah. got like torn. There's a there's a scene in the book where this this guy joins the Perry's unit who's just this who, who was who was a set who was a senator that was a uh, basically anti-war. So in which case, why did he join the CDF? Yeah, it's not mandatory. But yeah. you don't have to. But uh, he he was uh, a, he he joins the CDF and then all of a sudden starts. You know, why are we here? Why didn't we try any kind of diplomatic solutions? I think I could have come to a diplomatic solution. And they come, they're on this planet of people that they basically just jumped into their home planet and started. But it was the Kansu, remember? No, it was was in the Kansu. 
it wasn't the Kansu. It was uh, it was an array world after Coral. Oh no! I mean, like, oh, I thought we were talking about the guy who tried to rule no, peace when the, the Kansu came out, and they just like no, obliterated it. No, so this was a counter. This was a raid that was uh, after uh, the array attacked Coral. The CDF basically went after the home world and were just like, "Fuck you!" And yeah. uh, uh, they they came or no, maybe it wasn't the array, but there's there's a world that they went to because there was something, so they just went to the the, the place's home world and fucked them up. Just basically, okay. that was over with the needles, right? Yeah. So they so so they come across what the, appears to be a religious ceremony, and he's like. He's like, I think we can talk to these people because they like they've nullified all of the oh, military right. installations. World bear things, huh? It was the things that look like yeah, they look bears. like teddy bears. Yes, yeah. And so he's and like, can... he's like, these people. I was like, we've we've come to the their world. Uh, we're just taking out military installations. I feel like we can talk to their leader. And he's like, he walks down. And they're like, God, stop it, damn it! <laughs> and he, he like runs up there. And he's like. Excuse me! He, like, throws down his gun. I wish to speak to you! And he had, like, somehow learned their language. I can't remember how. And then he immediately assumed, like, they stop their religious ceremony, like, dead stop. Because they weren't supposed to fire unless fired upon, basically. Because yeah. they're, they're, they're there to take out military targets, not to kill everybody. And they all, like, stop and look at him. And then they just, like, fill him full of dark guns, and he basically, like, dissolves into a puddle from, like, the acid and poison from the darts. I like, I like that they're like, and we all agreed that was the most interesting way we've seen somebody die. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, it's, it paints a beautiful picture of going back and forth from each different world. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it does make it seem very alien Yeah, in certain spots. Like it's, uh, it's very good at de depicting different, like, alien cultures and how they would do yeah, things. But, uh, this guy goes with a lot of high weird instead yeah. of, like, everything's human-ish. You know, like, in Star Trek, where everything yeah. is vaguely human-ish for the because, most part. Like, this is just, they get weird. He tries, to make, yeah. he, he tries to make these alien cultures as alien to humanity as possible, which would maybe make sense. You know, if if we're talking from that point of view of like, oh, what happens if bird lizards became sentient and yeah, blast, on an ocean planet? Yeah, I liked how they were able to jump, like, and like the fact that they like made it like like human in some ways because like you know you I forget what the guy's name is, but where he talked about like how he was an like in astro like astronomy, he really liked yeah. it. <laughs> Um, I liked how Perry's buddies were like an like an astrophysicist and, uh, and an astronomer. <laughs> yeah, well, and so like for him, he's looking at the stars, and then they jump. They make that jump, and he's like, "Huh? Like it looks the same, but different." Like, and then when he when he died, everyone dies. Um, he's like, it, "Like something about seeing the stars one last time, or dying under the stars." And I was like, "Okay." Like you're coming full circle. Yeah, I did like the the fact of it, like the way they maneuver has always been a big catch to me in the stories. Like, there's a big part of the story is how do you get from point A to point B? 
you know, like, is it going to be, like, a hyperspace thing? Is it going to be uh, faster than light travel? Is it, you know, the Stargate, you know, yeah. or the warp, or whatever the hell it is? This, this, and, one's, this one's interesting, is the skip because drives. Because it's, it's a displacement, mm-hmm. but only to a certain distance, mm-hmm. which is what... Because if you have the entire universe to pick from, then there is no scarcity of planets. There's a gajillion mm-hmm. planets out there, but everybody only had so far they could go from their home planet yeah. before the skip technology didn't work, and that's what they all used. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's funny, like, you wonder where did they come up with it? They never really got into the skip technology of who gave it to them, or if they... I'm, I think they do. No, they discover I mean, it. They don't but... give you, like, they tell you where they got, when they got it, but not who or not if it was given to them by anybody. It's like everybody kind of has it. I think they figure it out. They they talk about how a skip was discovered later. Yeah, but we have it not in yeah. the first book. Yeah, they just know they're talking about how it's displacement. And it's we ex- just move from one universe to another. Yeah, but not- it's basically like multiverse theory. Yeah, and you're jumping around. And you just jump it. You, it's it's sort of like a prob- probabilities thing. So you jump into a, the, a different universe right? at the. That's you, what you, it is. Yeah, you jump into another universe at the same point as your counterpart jumped to to a different one. Yeah, and you you yeah. there's basically zero pop- possibility of ever returning to your home universe, but you would Overall, never know it because the yeah. yeah. It's like a it's it's like a multiverse theory of like there's no like parallel there's no you know parallel universes where it's you know everyone's purple instead of beige. Yeah. <laughs> it's all uh, that would have been a wild storyline. That would have been <laughs> uh, that would have been impossible to keep up with. But yeah. it was interesting to see. And then what I really like is for some reason the the idea of the Kansu makes me happy. Like, this this overarching hyper advanced. I mean, they have a Dyson sphere, which would put yeah. them what like type two, yeah. a type two on the cartridge scale. Yeah. So like super super advanced, and the fact that they're kind of like parents <laughs> overlooking the universe, being like, "You're doing well. We'll yeah. kill you a little bit to get you to where you need to be." Yeah, it's and, it's, it's <laughs> interesting because he talks to that representative because they they view the le- lesser civilizations as uh, dirty, unclean, because they're not, they haven't entered into the cycle of rebirth or something. Because apparently right. the Kansu have figured out reincarnation or something. Yeah, and by, and, by, uh, by dying in war with them. Yeah, by, by dying a warrior's death, you can re-enter the, the, re- the cycle of reincarnation and be reborn. But, but they also go and they give technology to balance the scales. Yeah, so like, they they gave they gave the technology because then they could, uh, it would push the two races closer to being to the concept. And it was just interesting yeah. because there's a point where he's like, because they they use up their questions and John's like, why are you doing this to us? He's he's like. What is your purpose with us? Or like, why? Why do you hate us? And he's like, we don't hate you. It's like we love you. Like we both love you and hate you, or something like that. Because yeah. because we know what you can can be. You know, there's sort of this like uh, God race that 
know that that knows the potential of all these races and know that they can be better than what they are and stuff like that. And it's just funny. It's interesting because like, if you ever look into the carnage of scales, you know, the class zero, mm. class one, class two, mm. have you ever read what the class two civilization would look like? And they do look I've like godlike with their technology. And mm-hmm. I find he personified that in this, in this, uh, these characters of the Kansu mm-hmm. and they, their empire is like 800 planets or something like that, which means mm-hmm. they're far past mm-hmm. the skip drive technology of everybody else, which yeah. means they're probably using a different way of transportation. Mm-hmm. And yet they're still here in the muck helping everybody else, which is yeah. weird. And it was an interesting dynamic to throw in there, especially when everybody's fighting everybody and these guys who could kill everybody. And you just, you just don't out. mess with the Kansu. They're like, we're, we're happy where we're at. We're trying to get you guys up to where we are. You guys just yeah. need to stop like, being dumbasses. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny that, like, we help you by killing you. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know, you could, you could just... We, we love you. you. We love you, and that's why we must kill you. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's a weird... But it makes sense, like, in a lot mm-hmm. of... You look at a lot of stories of our own stories where we'd be like, we have to go convert the unbelievers or kill them. You know I mean? We've it's- done that in human history, so... It's no, almost just, it's almost look. like a prime directive that's a little bit more like heavy handed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like we're not gonna help you, but we're gonna let you know that we're here so that you have something to strive for, because otherwise we might kill you the next time we show up. <laughs> yeah. And we've got better guns after you beat us after we kill you with these crappy guns, we've got better ones. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very, I don't know, it was like it was an engaging story. It's definitely an immersive one that can pass the time. It doesn't I, require a whole lot of thought. I, no, it's it's, it's very mindless. It's, it's yeah. you know. It definitely uh, takes you on a journey. Yeah, I... And no one was sheathed. I, <laughs> there was some booby touching, though. <laughs> there was a lot of pain, but nobody got licked or sheathed. That was written about. Yeah. That seems like a pain. <laughs> yeah. like this is like this is why I hated this book. Right. No. <laughs> it wasn't a lot of licking and weird talking. Okay, that was horrible. It was just licking, not a fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not by his wife. Yeah, definitely by my wife. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad everyone enjoyed it. I. Uh, it was a good pick. I started. I started. Re- I. I started listening to it and immediately was like. It's like, oh my god, I forgot how much I love this book. <laughs> those are like the best feelings. You know? you know, those moments where you're like, God, I really liked this one. Like, like how did I forget about this? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, already, yeah, I'm already halfway through the second book. Nice. It's just, it's the best mindless story. Where it, slows, you it's, it slows down a little bit in the later ones, but the second one's definitely, definitely a good Yeah. It, it just Good follows, you can be doing stuff with, with your headphones on and listening mm-hmm. to it, and it just takes you on this journey that makes life so much more interesting as you're yeah. sitting there doing your day-to-day. And it's and it's fast. It's, you know, it's a six, eight-hour, it's like an eight-hour read, you know. It's yeah. Nice. Um, it's serious. It was engaging. So, right. uh, we're coming um, up on time now, so... I, I believe I have, our, we need a book suggestion from Missy. And f- for the record, this is actually her first 
actual, actual suggestion. suggestion, not the ones that Joel's basically picked from her bookshelves. This is her yeah, actual yeah. suggestion. Yeah. The first one was Discovery of Witches. That was my pander to you. Yeah. This was, this was... I have two options. Okay. We can you don't give options. You we just can tell read us the one that, I that I've read before and, or one that I haven't, but both I think you will enjoy. Okay. And we can all go. So it depends. It's one called that I've the Evening of Feyre. It's just all. <laughs> no! <laughs> it's just fan fiction bang sessions. It's 220 pages of just going at it. So one that's the look she gave me was let, let Missy talk. Joel, let Missy talk. One that I've read, one that I haven't. Both I think you will like. Okay. You can't peek. I'm not peeking. I wouldn't know either. Yeah. So pick one. Or I can do a little underneath the table and do pick one or two. Uh, oh, uh, oh, you're trying to like Make me choose between one you've read versus one you haven't. Yeah. Oh God. Without knowing, that's yeah. not fair. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know what you read or not read. Left, just... left or right? Uh, left. Okay, so this is the one that I've read. Okay. Um, uh, it's called Poison Study. Okay. And um, it's about a food tester. Like, there's like an art. Like, there's a war going on in this For woman. A king. And um, instead, she gets the option to choose between um, living or uh, living as the like the general's food tester, okay. um, or dying. And so it's it's I mean, obvious choice. Yes. So it's called. Yes. But now I want to know what the it's other one is because I might still change my mind. Um, so but the real big the twist: is the general is a vegan. Ah, no. <laughs> Rivers of London. What's that? Yes. What's this? So this one is like both are like magical fantasy. Okay. This one's based in like real world London, and it's just it's kind of like Neverwhere. It's John, supposed to be. Like I love her. It's great. She hates Neverwhere because she's a terrible person. But so this one is he he'll show you the city, but not the capital. Um, it's a city that has a dark surface packed full of crime and magic. He tries to take a witness statement from a man who's already dead, and it takes him down a twisting, turning centuries-old mystery set in modern London. This is legitimately a Dresden file story called Ghost Stories. Like, uh, this is British Dresden. Uh, so, so this is the one that he picked. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like the... the the intrigue of the poison tester one that one is i i really enjoy it i've yeah. it's the first book in a trilogy um there's a there's a secondary trilogy that i've not read because i didn't really care for the characters um mm -hmm. but um it's good it's interesting there i don't think there's any sex in it I'm, I'm not against it. It's just the, what my character <laughs> seems to. In this book, yeah, I know. it was like feed to black. It was like everyone. Yeah, that's how it was. Like she walked in and pulled her boobs out. Like, yes, this is right where we want to go. So Yelena and Valak, and it's about like ma magic and okay. war. So cheating. And what, what, what is that for the for the chat? That is the the poison 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 study. 
Poison Study by Maria V. Snyder. By Maria V. Snyder, see? That came from Borders. Oh, my. Oh, dang it. (laughs) I need to rehook up my chat. Never mind. Now, this week, Wednesday, we are going to be having a recap of our campaign that came to a close last Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And next week, uh, at this time, we will be looking into the Silver Surfer and starting a journey through some of the cosmic beings of the Marvel Universe. So we hope to see you guys on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got anything to add? Just a reminder to check out our social media, please. And if you liked what you saw, please give us a please give us a follow. Uh, please follow us on our social medias because they're where we give updates on what our next episodes will be. Um, Joel pretty much summed it up on what our next couple episodes are. So we'll see you again on Wednesday, hopefully. And other than that, I've been Ben. And uh, we'll be signing off. Have a good day. Thank you for joining us. Bye, everyone.